Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Before Americans argued over electric cars and fuel emission standards, during a time when car companies often put profits over the health of a nation... One man invented a new form of fuel that changed everything, but not for the better. This is the insidious story of how GM scientists developed a type of gasoline that caused insanity, sickness, and maybe even murder. Today's story is so devious that it might feel like a cheap dime store novel, but everything we're going to tell you is true. Why was lead added to gasoline in the first place? Who was the scientist behind it? How did the American government let this happen? And did leaded fuel actually lead to an increase in serial killers? Down past gas, the conspiracy behind leaded fuel. Past gas podcast. It's about cars. It's not about ports. It's true. That's why all boomers are so angry all the time. <laughs> Because they've been sucking down that leaded fuel. Yeah, it's not their pro- it's not their fault. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be like how we're gonna find out that microplastics cause <gasps> anxiety or depression. Oh God, like can't wait for that. Yeah. Living through a pandemic also yeah. causes well, those that things. too. <laughs> yeah, yes, you're correct. But microplastic, maybe actually, maybe 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 there's a possibility that microplastics actually make us better. I've been, I'm, my name's Nolan Sykes. I've been paid off by <laughs> By 3M. Yeah, 3M, DuPont, your favorite microplastics manufacturers. And I'm here to tell you about the benefits of having <laughs> polyethylene strands in your muscle fibers. Maybe they make you stronger. <laughs> and also Teflon is in all of our yeah. drinking water. Maybe Teflon makes us faster, makes us more slippery for sure. You know, our culture is so obsessed with superheroes, but we're not willing to put in the time <laughs> yes. to develop the blood content you. to make actual superheroes. Maybe we're looking at leaded gas all wrong. Maybe it did make us better. Wow. Maybe we needed to. Who's to say anger's 
bad. Yeah. I mean, look we at could the harness Hulk. that energy. Yeah. <laughs> or Lady Hulk. She Hulk? That's oh, right. You know, she Hulk. She Hulk. She the Hulk breathed in a lot of leaded gas smog for sure. Welcome to Pass Gas, everybody. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined today by my co hosts. We got Joe Weber. What's up, Slime Nation? And filling in for James this week is our producer, Christina. Hello. Hi. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do a one too because I I want to do an homage to James. Okay. It's just Danny, Danny, Danny. Where's my son? Where's my son? <laughs> Danny, who took my son? Oh my god! <laughs> Damn, I wish I could hit hit those shrill notes. Oh, like you. Uh, I I'm sure that Gavin's already like, why the fuck did you? <laughs> oh no! And it's a clean. Gavin's sweating and just turning knobs over. Yeah, here. <laughs> he's like. It's like, God, she's so much more shrill than I used to. Yeah. So Christina's our producer. She uh, she does a lot of writing on the show. Mm-hmm. She coordinates everything. Um, and she's very funny. So thank you for filling in for James. <laughs> she's like, oh, oh no, I got to gotta deliver on that. No, I know. no, thank you. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, it was a, I, I told, I told Joe and he was like, no one's into it. Like, do you want to be on it? I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I got emotional, so thank you. Well, just know that you have some big, dirty vans to fill. I know, and like eight <laughs> inches of height. <laughs> I got to get taller. But we're happy to have you on, and Christina's an integral part of the team and wrote some of the best scripts we've read. Uh, makes it, She makes us look good all the time. God. Plus, she's fun to talk to. So let's get to talking. This is the story of leaded fuel. Let's do this thing. In true past gas form, before we can talk about leaded gas, we're going to have to talk about how cars started using gasoline in the first place. That's right. 3000 BC. <laughs> Is that when the dinosaurs all got kicked off? Yeah. Kicked off? They got what? kicked off the planet. <laughs> Noah was like, get out of here. There's no room for you on this boat, dinosaurs. Sorry. Uh, actually, no. In ni- 1859, a man named Edwin Drake first dug and distilled crude oil which he sold for use in kerosene lamps. Kerosene was the big technology of the time. Thing is, though, Drake didn't have any use for petroleum products that were produced in the distillation process, included gasoline, so he threw all those byproducts away. But that all changed in 1876. The first gasoline-fueled four-stroke cycle engine was built in Germany. And then, 10 years later, when Carl Benz began commercial production of motor vehicles with internal combustion engines— All of a sudden, gasoline was super valuable. Henry Ford and other early automakers jumped on board the gasoline train. And by 1920, 9 million vehicles were on the road. Crude oil was flowing, cars were running, people were doing the Charleston, and gas was about 25 cents a gallon. That seems like a little high. It does. But, I mean, that makes sense because it wasn't like a commodity, basically. Yeah. And, you know, demand was relatively low compared to... Yeah, and there was like a big boom then, so mm-hmm. there's plenty of it. Have you guys ever done the Charleston? I don't even know what um, it is. It's like Dance. skanking, but older. <laughs> it is. Oh, operation. Yeah. I, Joe's yeah, wearing an Joe's operation. An operation oh, it's the one where you put your hands on your knees and then they switch places? Like that? I don't think so. I think it's more like a, I forget. I had to learn how to do it when I was in high school. You had to learn how to do it? Alongside square dancing, right? Well, that's an entirely different story, but um, no, we, we did it. <laughs> was a, I the only host that wasn't in 4-H? No, I was in musical theater, Oh, uh, and we did a production of The Boyfriend, which is a strange 
show to choose for a high school music production because it is a parody of other musicals of the time. And like, how many of the audience in Atascadero, California was going to understand the satire of that show? The big room of 15-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, had to learn to do the Charleston. I kind of do it in the way that like the Peanuts dance. The Peanuts The Peanuts, dance? like, from Charlie Brown. Like, how they all have, like, their own little moves, and you you kind of, like, I don't <laughs> I know if you guys do this, but I always pick one that I identify with most. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, always uh, the dirty one. Pig pen. <laughs> Pig pen. Whatever he's doing, that's me. I'm Joe Cool, so <laughs> not a big deal. There is one big issue with these early cars. Engine knock, which is basically the sound of rocks rolling around in a tin can, but under the hood of your car. Even General Motors' best cars, the elegant Cadillacs, bang so loudly that customers worried that their engines were breaking apart. Then, the folks in charge figured out that engine knocking was caused by low-grade fuel burning unevenly in an engine cylinders, which was pretty much unavoidable at that point. Poor-quality gasoline was the norm, which caused fuel to ignite prematurely and thus unevenly and thus... Knocking. Yeah, when that happens, the piston goes down prematurely and kind of fucks up the whole rhythm. Yeah. Even if someone was driving a luxury car at the time, like the expensive 1918 Pierce Arrow Model 38, sounds very fancy, the fuel would burn unevenly and cause engine knock. The worst part about this was the wear and tear in the engine. So not only was the noise of the engine alarming, ah! (laughs) But over time, the affected engine could become damaged or break down prematurely. Not good. This was a huge issue for both gas companies and the auto industry, one that quickly turned into a race to see who could fix the problem first. Fortunately for General Motors, they had an advantage over the other companies. In 1919, GM had merged with Dayton Metal Products Company, a company founded by inventor Charles Kettering. Soon after all the paperwork cleared, GM started a research division headed by Kettering to tackle engine knocking once and for all. He hired a team of scientists and set to work performing experiments meant to produce high-quality fuel. Finally, on December 9, 1921, three General Motors engineers, Charles Kettering, alongside Thomas Midgley and T.A. Boyd. Those are the most 1921 names I've ever heard. Thomas Midgley and T.A. Boyd. Charles F. Kettering. (laughs) (laughs) Dearest Abigail, would you make me the happiest man in the world and become... Mrs. Midgley? (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Thomas Midgley. (laughs) Producer Gavin has filled me in that Kettering uh, invented the electric starter and electric lighting for automobiles. Pretty smart guy. Okay, so Kettering, Midgley, and T.A. Boyd, they added tetraethyl lead to the fuel in a laboratory engine. The engine knock stopped immediately. The fuel that had been compressed past its ignition temperature was silenced simply because the addition... Of lead. So it retarded the ignition of the engine, delaying the power stroke? Just the ignition of like when that when that cylinder's coming up either during a power stroke. Yeah, and the or, compression's getting harder and yeah, harder. Yeah, yeah. So it would, you know, ignite prematurely before the cylinder or the piston had reached top dead center. Mm-hmm. They added this lead in there and now that keeps the, the, the fuel air mixture from igniting until it is supposed to when the spark plug fires off. Yeah. You mentioned octane ratings, so what does that have to do with it? Well, octane ratings, that determines, like, how high a compression a fuel can withstand. So, like, turbocharged engines today, they need 91 octane because the compression is, 
I always mix this up. Is it lower or higher? No, it's higher. Higher compression. So like race engines use like 110 all the way up to even 119. It doesn't explode until the last second. Okay. So like 87 explodes earlier than if 110. It's in a high compression engine. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So like just if you had a car that ran on 87 and you put 110 in, it wouldn't run efficiently. Mm. Yeah, I always wondered what those numbers meant on the gas station buttons. <laughs> <laughs> the higher a fuel's octane rating, the more resistant it is to knocking. I think it's such a racket to market it as premium gas. Yeah. Because it's like, what do they add? Maybe one more chemical to like delay this. Yeah. And it doesn't make it like 20 cents more like per gallon. Putting 91 in your car that's that takes 87 will not make it run better. Yeah, it'll make it run worse. Might, and you'll just waste a bunch of money. The scientists also found that by adding lead to the fuel, they could significantly improve the octane rating of the gas, which is basically the measurement of its stability. Octane rating is still around today, but now these ratings are based on the pressure at which the fuel will spontaneously combust or auto-ignite in a testing engine. The only issue the industries faced was affordability. Both the car and oil companies wanted to produce cheaper grades of fuel to uh, fatten up their bottom line, but also maintain the octane ratings that a car's engine required. Basically, they wanted better fuel for a lower price, and now, thanks to good old lead, they'd have it. The discovery of leaded fuel had a huge impact on the entire industry. Car and gas companies, like Standard Oil, wanted to get in on GM's new and improved fuel. They began to pour time, money, and resources into production facilities and advertising for this new miracle gas. This switch to leaded gas enabled engines to use higher compression ratios, which ultimately led to more powerful engine in cars. Part of the reason why cars in the early 1900s, like the Model T and Chevy Series 490, couldn't really go over 40 miles per hour was due to the fuel. The fastest car in 1919, the Austro-Daimler Prince Henry, not to be confused with the Prince Albert. <laughs> Which is why I have to sit down and pee now. <laughs> it's just like a sprinkler head down there. It's spraying everybody. Like a, like a uh, overhead uh, fire suppression system. Yeah. <laughs> it fans out. <laughs> Sorry. Prince Henry was quickly outpaced by regular cars in the 1920s. Once a marvel, reaching speeds of 85 miles per hour, the Ostro-Daimler was practically knocked off the road by other cars that could reach 119 MPH thanks to leaded fuel. I would not want to go 119 in a car in the 20s. No, that'd be what the hell? Well, again, that's like before roads, kind of. Yeah, right? and they're, so, you're on like bicycle tires, basically. Yeah, you're on bicycle tires. You're bumping around. Ugh. So yeah. much fun. You're losing your glasses. <laughs> Dude, I think you should have been born in 1906. I don't know, man, because I'm also very, like, cautious about everything. I just feel like I probably have been like, that's too dangerous, and then just not done it. You've got the voice of a man in 1906, though. Oh, thank you. I, it, no, like, I mean that. I'm like, oh, no one with a smooth radio announcer Yes. Yeah. He sounds uh. like he could be in, he, you could be in the pictures. <laughs> that's why I love doing the podcast, because I for a long time studied radio or not i didn't study radio necessarily but i wanted to go into radio and uh kind of glad i did not do that but um when did you get this velvety voice what what age how old were you well it was after the accident <laughs> <laughs> wait tell us in the way that you do the dramatic openings uh i, I, I need i need to write that out but uh <laughs> no it was after the aliens took me that one night mm. in 2012 oh so that late what'd you sound like before 
ass like this. Oh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you sounded I like it. sounded like I was in the lollipop guild or something. <laughs> I was going to say you sounded like an alien, and then the aliens took you and regulated yeah. it. Yes. We don't want to be associated with this guy. We're going to mess his voice up. <laughs> More high-power, high-compression internal combustion engines followed, just in time for World War II. Like all other U.S. car companies, GM had to halt the production of their own cars to help the war effort. GM made everything from armored cars and trucks to ambulances used on the front lines. Various GM divisions took on their own projects. Buick oversaw ammunition and bomber engine production. Cadillac and Fisher Body made tanks. And Oldsmobile churned out machine guns. What? Over the course of the war, Chevy produced nearly 450,000 vehicles, including, but not limited to, fire trucks, light armor half trucks, and one and a half ton trucks. I'm just imagining like an Oldsmobile machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> just like breaking down when you really need it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense why the auto and oil companies were so keen to use leaded gas. However, the folks at GM and throughout the industry knew that adding lead could lead to horrific side effects for humans filling up their tanks. There were other solutions on the table for engine knock, but they were slightly more expensive. So, despite knowing the side effects of lead, GM pushed their new form of gas until it was the main form of fuel in the U.S. And then, the house of cards came tumbling down. That's devious. That's foreboding. To understand why GM's move to sell leaded gasoline is so insidious, it's important to know a little bit more about the actual dangers of lead. Adding lead to gasoline meant a higher number of cases of lead poisoning, the effects of which can be devastating. Once lead is taken into the body, it gets into one's bloodstream and accumulates in their bones. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't like that. Well, I mean, you're basically turning into Wolverine. Ooh, some adamantium. Again, we all want superheroes, but we're not willing to put in the effort to become <laughs> a superhero. And this is a hill I'm going to die on. You shouldn't have let me on this podcast. <laughs> you know what I realized, too, when we were talking about microplastics is plastic is derived from oil, mm -hmm. crude oil. So it all ties back to the oil poisoning our earths and our body. Now I truly do wonder, like... As, as Nolan said, if it is the cause of anxiety. So it's just like boomers got rage from lead, which we, yeah. we will get into the studies on that. Yeah. Boomers get rage from lead and we just all get really scared yeah. <laughs> from yeah, microplastics. I wonder, I mean, I, it's like when they, you know, the studies about cigarettes. I mean, this is, so, is kind of like hack, I guess. or But like, you know, they thought cigarettes were good for you. Or they oh, yeah, there was doctors in the 50s yeah. that would. And then like they saw that was not true and then like the lead gasoline thing yeah and then of course i think social media will have the same kind of revelation follow me on instagram at nolan jason uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but also like microplastics too there's probably gonna be some like huge landmark study in like five years ten years where it's like hey we're fucked yeah and also like imagine that companies were advertising are advertising microplastics because yeah. we all like know it's bad yeah but like, imagine if McDonald's was just like, now with more <laughs> microplastics. <laughs> well, humans are new to science. Like, oh, it's only true. like two, three hundred years old hmm. modern science. Hmm. So, I don't really fault, like, but when you add capitalism to that, and it's like, oh, shit, we can do this for cheap, but we know yeah. it's going to, like, kill people. That's fucked. That is fucked, especially if they knew about it. Yeah. And they chose chose for higher profits on the on the subject of microplastics just real quick i used to be an assistant to hollywood folks and so that means no plastic 
Mm-hmm. And so there would be time. Name the names. I'm not naming names, <laughs> but someone doesn't use plastic. And uh, if I ever got her a coffee that I that someone put a lid on, like I would have to remember to remove the cup. So it wouldn't, I would keep it on to not spill on my hands. Yeah, yeah. And then when I gave it to her, I had to take it off. Otherwise she wouldn't drink it and I'd have to go get a new one. I also once. That's so awesome. I know. I also, she also once ordered like really nice Thai food and it came with a plastic cover and she's like, Christina, do you want this? And I'm like, yes, I will die for the Thai food. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, so some people are very concerned. With yeah. It. Hmm. Yeah. I feel I like when you get that rich, you have nothing else to do. Oh yeah. So you're just like, I'm going to be, I'm going to boycott this one weird thing. Oh, I mean, I'm already thinking about like what, I want to be really weird about. Oh wait, let's go around. Fabulously wealthy. What are we going to be weird about? Yeah. Um, I refuse to have windows that face east. What? Yeah. Wait, because because you don't like being woken up in the morning. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's not super weird. That's (laughs) That's like, (laughs) but no windows in any building that I live and work in. It's like a feng shui rule that you should have your bedroom facing west because then you get the the sunset yeah dang it i gotta move you gotta try harder to be weird dude i I can't think of a funnier example no that's a good one you can you we can always come back joe what's What's yours no i'm i'm buying time man (laughs) (laughs) i pose the question i go when i get when i get super rich i'm not gonna have my food prepared by poor people (laughs) i won't touch it (laughs) (laughs) they have to be making at least a hundred thousand dollars to make my food you know what that just means that you're going to increase the wages of everyone working in the food industry which actually is admirable well then i reverse (laughs) (laughs) i want to keep people down all right i'm gonna be rich i need to (laughs) i gotta step on people to make it happen uh, I think I'm just going to be a bowl of jello physically where I'm going to get a massage like four times a day and I'm going to have, I'm going to be like a little Roman emperor. I'm going to have people rub oils on me, do that oil scraping thing that they did in ancient Rome. And I just think I'm going to be like wet and soft. Yeah. She's going to be like diet 48 and yeah. with liquefied organs from so many massages. Yeah. <laughs> you just have your, like, instead of like a stand up desk, you have a massage table desk set up your, <laughs> your screen is below that donut thing yeah. Yeah. that you look through that you're doing your work on yeah. mm-hmm. and you just have someone like stepping on your back yeah. all day you're gonna be in meetings like so I think the numbers in Q <laughs> 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 no I'm gonna I'm gonna have that and then my chiropractor is gonna live with me <laughs> so you gonna marry a chiropractor um yeah yeah that, I think that's it I'm just gonna be soft and wet Okay, let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to people dying, huh? We'll get back to more past guests, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. 
We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So once lead is taken into the body, it gets into one's bloodstream and accumulates in their bones. Depending on a person's exposure, it impacts the nervous system, kidney function, immune system, reproductive and development systems, and cardio and cardiovascular system, oh, sweet. which is basically everything you have in your body. Yeah, you ran the gamut. Yeah. Lead poisoning has been linked to miscarriages, mood disorders, and high blood pressure, difficulty concentrating, and even memory loss. Wow. In children, it can lead to developmental delays, learning difficulties, hearing loss, and even seizures. To make it worse, many cases of lead poisoning from the last 50 years were caused by leaded gasoline. Wow. It's estimated that over 170 million Americans alive today were exposed to high lead levels in early childhood. And millions of these children were exposed to five times the amount we are today. Wow. One recent study found that leaded gasoline lowered the IQs of half the population oh my of the U.S. Be- born before 1981. Whoa. That's messed up. As Ice-T would say, <laughs> that's messed up. They found that childhood lead exposure cost America an estimated 824 million IQ points. <laughs> I don't know how they got that number. Oh, it's 2.6. <laughs> 2. 2.6 IQ points per person is a heavy night of drinking. All right, that's like not. Is it? Yeah. I know. I don't really know how IQ is measured anyway. I assume mine is ex- exceptionally high. I think it's a loose <laughs> science just like chiropractors. Actually, it is a loose science. It's like pretty racist and like, <laughs> and, yeah. and like stems. In, it's, it's, not, it's not the most It's ideal. also soci- socioeconomic status, mm. that kind of stuff. I did take an IQ test, though. Oh, I used to do that all the time on the internet. What'd you get, like 5,000? 133. Yeah, I was always, I was like, 146. Whoa, 146? Dude. It's on the internet. No, and that's like, not surprising. No, all right, well, now. real. It's uh, And then it's like, you can join Mensa. And it's like, all right, just send no, us No, you need 150 to yeah, join Mensa. send us $500. <laughs> the numbers get even worse for those people born in the 1960s and 70s when leaded gas consumption was skyrocketing. For these people, their IQ loss was estimated to be up to seven points per person. 
How are they exposed? From inhaling auto exhaust. Mm. Smog suckers. <laughs> okay, smog suckers. Okay, smog sucker. Okay, smog suckers. This study examined archival census data and records of blood lead levels in children from 1940 to 2015 and compared that to the use of leaded gasoline. The results were horrifying. 90% of children born between 1950 and 1981, about 170 million people, had blood levels greater than 5 micrograms per deciliter. As a scientist, I know exactly what that means. <laughs> for context, in 2021, the CDC lowered the threshold for acceptable blood levels to 3.5 micrograms per deciliter, meaning that baby boomers and Gen Xers had 1.5 micrograms more lead in their blood than children today. The issues with lead don't stop with human health. Lead is also incredibly harmful to the environment and can seep into soil and sediment through air pollution and then move into waste streams and bodies of water. Elevated lead in an environment often results in decreased growth and reproduction in plants and animals. So not good any way you chop it up. All in all, adding lead to fuel had serious consequences for both our human population and our environment. And to top it off, there's a popular theory that leaded gas may have created a generation of serial killers. Oh, sweet. I mean, at least we have podcast material from this generation, yeah, right? Yeah, and really good TV about these killers. All right, so we're going to put our tinfoil hats on for a second. It's already on. Yeah. There's a po very popular theory that the addition of lead to gasoline in the 1920s is what caused the 70s and 90s crime waves as well as the increase in serial killers active during that time period. In short, the lead crime hypothesis connects GM's efforts to get rid of engine knock to unhinged murderers like Ted Bundy. It sounds crazy, but the lead crime hypothesis is based on the correlation between elevated blood lead levels in children and increased rates of crime, delinquency, and recidivism later in life. Starting in the 1960s, America saw a huge increase in levels of violent crime. Those levels peaked in the early 1990s, then steadily declined, and despite what we may hear from the 24 hours news cycle, continues to decline today. Today is the safest time to live in America. Don't be fooled. Uh, yes, there was an increase in crime, I think, in 2020 and 2021, but, huh, do you think that may have to do with people kind of losing their incomes and everything during the uh, pandemic? Uh, did you ever think of that? Yeah, so... It's Crack very open safe. A book sometimes. Nice. <laughs> very safe time to be an American right now, okay? Just keep that in mind. When charting the rise and fall of atmospheric lead caused by the rise and fall of leaded gasoline consumption, a graph forms an upside down U. From the early 40s through the early 70s, lead emissions from tailpipes rose steadily and nearly quadrupled over that period. Then, as unleaded gasoline began to replace leaded gasoline, lead emissions plummeted. Uh, me and the other scientists call that a parabola. <laughs> <laughs> and here's where it gets wild. Violent crime rates followed the same upside-down U pattern. And the only difference between the two plotted patterns is the time period. Crime rates rose dramatically in the 60s through the 80s, then began dropping in the early 90s. The two curves looked eerily identical, but were offset by about 20 years. So, like, the time for a child to come of age... Yes. Start sneaking uh, in, sneaking in windows and hitting people over the head with toasters. Yeah. Yeah. 
What the hell? I don't know. That was just my MO when I was a serial killer. It, look, everything else was taken, okay? I had to be creative. It's so challenging to stuff someone's face into one of those toaster slots. It is. You don't know it. The nose, easy. The lips, weird. Everything else. <laughs> one researcher, Rick Nevin, put two and two together and published his findings in a paper published in the journal Environmental Research. He concluded that if you add a lag time of 23 years... Lead emissions from automobiles explain 90% of the variation in violent crime in America. Toddlers who ingested high levels of lead in the 40s and 50s really were more likely to become violent criminals in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And not to get political or anything, but uh, abortion also led to the decrease of crime. Because there was, you know, like, mm -hmm. you're having babies that, you know, have to be born and they end up in the foster system and they don't have a great upbringing, they're more likely to become violent criminals. Uh, after Roe v. Wade was passed, the end of the 90s saw a sharp decrease in crime because that's when they become, came to age, kind of the same 20-year gap as we're talking about. That is so interesting. And, um, I mean, you're getting so woke with your facts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do want to say like as, as the person who edited this, that the, it's, it's super interesting, but obviously, you know, grain of salt, this is an interesting thing, but there's so many other things happening during this timeline that could also have contributed to that. A lot of variables. A lot of variables, as Joe just pointed out, one excellent one. Um, there, you know. Yeah. The lead crime hypothesis, I think it's like a, it's almost too perfect for me to mm. like buy in completely but it's probably a big factor so when you look at the uptick in violent crime and specifically the wave of serial killers from the 60s to the 80s evidence suggests it's because of leaded gas it might not be a coincidence that ted bundy the hillside stranglers and the night stalker were active during those same decades back to the car and gas companies who added lead in the first place did they know just how detrimental adding lead would be this is where the story starts to feel really insidious because everyone, and we mean everyone, knew lead was poisonous. Even the freaking Romans who lined their aqueducts with it. Is that true? They had plumbing in Rome and these clay pipes were lined with lead. And I don't know if they knew it, but they, they definitely kind of went crazy. And I mean, it sounds like you just called them out like they did. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if any ancient Romans want to come at me, <laughs> my I have my... Are open. I'll have my cat of nine tails you ready. You wake up to the, the stop motion skeletons from <laughs> the <laughs> They're like, heard you're talking shit, man. In fact, GM and the rest of the auto industry could have solved the engine knock problem without leaded gas. Both benzene and ethanol were known octane additives at the time, but lead was the preferred choice, probably because it was cheaper. Ethyl alcohol had about the same effect as leaded gas and didn't have the same side effects. Their engineers and the inventors of leaded gas knew this, and gas companies knew this. But at the end of the day, it all came down to profit. It's believed that the engineers and big businesses ignored the warning signs because anyone can distill ethyl alcohol from grain. It's an easy formula. I do it every Friday. Whereas tetraethyl lead could be patented, and patents mean even more money. Hmm. And I know that because I'm a patent troll. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? What are your... Duties um, as a patent troll. Well, you remember from the Volvo episode where they invented the three-point safety belt? Yes. And didn't patent it because they wanted it to benefit mm -hmm. all of humanity. 
I swooped in and patented it Whoa. so that every car manufacturer has to pay me every time they use it. Wow. So you are kind of an evil man. We're learning through this episode. <laughs> First, you want all restaurant workers to be poor, but you won't eat their food. <laughs> and now you're patenting things that are free property. When wow. James isn't here, someone has to step in and be the monster. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be me, to be honest, but okay. Wow. I'm learning so much about Joe today. <laughs> I think all of you are too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fourth wall broken. Charles Kettering, who we mentioned before, who is the head of the whole division and had the power to change the course of history, knew how harmful leaded fuel was. In 1922, while the production of the new leaded gasoline was ramping up, Kettering's co-worker Thomas Midgley, as we talked about before, got a letter from a German scientist, Charles Klaus. Klaus wrote that the lead is... A creeping and malicious... Poison. That's <laughs> <laughs> a creeping and malicious poison. <laughs> and warned that it had killed a fellow scientist. But Midgley's response was to claim that those concerned were being overdramatic. <laughs> so just gaslighting them. Uh, in fact, he wrote to an industry engineer that it would be almost impossible to get sick as no one will repeatedly get their hands covered in gasoline containing lead. <laughs> Then he even went further and assured the U.S. Surgeon General that the average street will be probably so free from lead that it will be impossible to detect it or its absorption. Although he conceded that no actual experimental data had been taken. What the hell, dude? That probably in that quote is carrying a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah, truly. That's classic scientist using (laughs) probably. Yeah, wait a minute. Actually, scientists say probability all the time, huh? They do. Um, but it's, again, as, as Nolan said, it's like that is the foundation of which the house of the sentence is built on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Nice, nicely worded. I'm a poet. <laughs> Midgley was proud of his accomplishment, so it makes sense why he'd so emphatically stick up for leaded gas. Until you learn that Midgley was sending these letters from a hospital bed. As he recovered from lead poisoning. What the hell? He's like, no, no, it doesn't get you sick. Yeah. See, it's probably oh crabs. God. I ate crabs for lunch. I ate crabs. I ordered them through DoorDash. What am I doing? Wait, wow. when did we decide that Midgley was foreign? Um, because that's what I said. I automatically go into these voices. I think he is. In fact, in February 1923, when the first tank of leaded gasoline was being sold, Midgley couldn't attend due to complications from lead poisoning. This guy sucks. (laughs) Yeah. But Midgley kept at it. In 1924, at an American Chemical Society meeting, he claimed, So far, science knows at the present time, no, no, this is good, tetraethyl lead (laughs) is the only material available which can bring about these anti-knock results. It's oh I'm doing um He was from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. I know, but but I wanted I wanted to show the world my um my that impression was like of Noho Hank. Chechen. Uh, <laughs> Chechen. This claim contradicted his own published research about ethyl alcohol. That same year he demonstrated how safe leaded gas was to a group of skeptical reporters by washing his hands in a container of tetraethyl lead. You know what they say? Alcohols for drinking. Gasoline's for cleaning, <laughs> nitrous for racing. <laughs> we so. need to have a throw pillow with that on it. <laughs> Just hand stitched. 
A quick sidebar, if as if we haven't had enough sidebars. I know, Jesus one. Christ. Midgley invented more than just leaded gasoline. He also introduced Freon to the oh. world, which we know created an ozone hole. According to one historian, Midgley had more negative impact on the atmosphere than any other single organism in Earth's oh, history. Oh, wow, this guy. Huh. Uh, good news, though, the hole is almost back to normal because we stopped putting... Uh, those aerosols into the atmosphere. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> and uh, they just scooped the first 100,000 tons of garbage out of the Great Pacific Garbage Gyre. Oh, right. that's my favorite island, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Chloe I bought land there. on that. <laughs> Are you guys going there, too? Yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> I was going to uh, sleep on all the tampons. Yeah, Ja Rule's having a... Music festival there. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to get one of those cheese sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> it's Gruyere. The famous cheese. But Midgley's legacy aside, there were other warning signs that leaded gas was no good. While the Midge was washing his hands with lead, dozens of standard oil refinery workers were dying from suspected lead poisoning. Oh, wow. In one horrifying case, a worker began hallucinating on a Friday, and by Sunday he was dead. Dang. But at least he got a pretty nice Friday night though, right? A week later, four more of his Jesus colleagues Lord. were dead, and 35 were in the hospital. The creepiest detail is that these workers kept seeing insects while hallucinating, and their lab became known as the House of Butterflies. That is a creepy-ass name. It is. It's also what I have Joe's address saved as in my phone. <laughs> oh, God. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know, because there's so many butterflies in your courtyard. <laughs> And we see them, I, and I'm like, "Whoa!" And then you walk wait, through. You see them too? Yeah, you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you walk through the sea of butterflies to get to my car, and I'm always like, "Damn, how did no butterflies land on him?" This is crazy, though. <laughs> like, the the heads of the industry are like swearing up and down that it's all right, and then like on the ground floor of their own production facilities, they have guys dying. And they're, they still just go out and they're like, no, look, watch me wash my hands with this. Yeah, and his hair is just falling out. That's <laughs> wild, man. I mean, it's really dark, but it is incredibly tragic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back with more of this story. But first, a word from our sponsors. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Standard Oil later dismissed the incident. Of course. The building manager told the New York Times that these men probably went insane because they worked too hard. Oh, yeah. Their grind set killed them. <laughs> Sorry, continue. What a bunch of sigmas. Yeah. He even went on to say those who didn't survive had merely worked themselves to death 
due to the enthusiasm for their job. Fuck off. You know, no one wants to work anymore. Jesus. Yeah. Everyone. They're all seeing butterflies. <laughs> Nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> They're too happy about their job. <laughs> They're feeling too fulfilled and they can't leave. <laughs> but some people weren't buying it. The Surgeon General temporarily suspended the production of leaded gasoline and formed an investigation into the potential dangers of lead use in gasoline. Unfortunately, those involved in the investigation found insufficient evidence for lead poisoning, but the study didn't go on for long enough to really uncover the truth. Instead, they warned that longer exposure to lead could result in chronic degenerative diseases and let people continue to buy leaded gas. And they knew that there was an alternative. It would, it would just take away from their already astronomic profits. Yeah. It's, cr- it's so fun, like, just digging into one corner of history and being, like, beyond frustrated mm-hmm. and then looking at everything else and you're like, oh, God. Wow. <gasps> well, it's kind of, I mean, there's a kind of a parallel going on right now where companies are po- posting record profits even though all the, the prices of everything are going up. Yeah. Like... Oh, we have to raise prices because so-called inflation. And yeah. Then, and then, I mean, right now, gas prices is a great example. Like, gas is super expensive. Fingers get pointed at inflation or, uh, you know, su- supply chain, blah, blah, blah. And then it comes out that all the oil companies had, like, the highest profits yeah. in their entire history. And it's like, okay, well, then, fuck me, I guess. Yeah, yeah gas, like, right as soon as gas started going up, it just shot up like a rocket. And then after it calmed down a little bit, it takes six months for the gas price to go down a dollar. Like, what the hell is that shit? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Biden did send a pretty strongly worded tweet. So (laughs) I think that really helped. That will help. Do you notice that when he tweets, it's I'm always just like, you're the president. (laughs) Like, why are you telling me, man? I'm using Twitter to be mad, but like, (laughs) you have a whole office for this. Yeah, it just makes me so mad. I I wish I could do something. It's like, you're the president. You're the president. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, you guys should vote. Anyway. (sighs) Leaded gas was used for most of the 20th century. Despite the anecdotes and studies done on the leaded fuel, it took decades for the government to do anything about the literal poison being pumped into the air. In the 1950s, the government finally tried to intervene. U.S. Senator Richard Neuberger and Representative Paul Schenck introduced legislation requiring the U.S. Surgeon General to hold public hearings on exhaust fumes and control standards. Schenck later said the auto industry opposed the legislation, quote, with everything it could throw into it. Ironically, the nail in the coffin for leaded gas had little to do with its side effects and more to do with aesthetics. The United States' 1970 Clean Air Act was a response to concern about urban smog, to which automobile exhaust contributed significantly. This brought about the use of catalytic converters in cars sold in the U.S. from 1975 onwards, which eliminated toxic and smog-forming gases. Since lead damaged the platinum-based catalysts in these converters, leaded fuel finally had to go. But it was still an uphill battle even after the Clean Air Act. We've talked about the Clean Air Act before on past gas and about how the automotive industry was not into it. Chrysler bought a full-page newspaper ad to claim, quote, there is no scientific evidence showing a threat to health from automotive emissions in the normal average air you breathe. Uh, you doth protest too much. Is that how you say it? 
Lee Iacocca, Ford's president at the time, said getting rid of smog at huge economic cost would spare the average American, quote, just one day of coughing every 33 years. You know, one of those days we just cough all day. Yeah, you That's know. not a big deal. No, that's a normal thing that all the people do is you have a day for <laughs> coughing, and then you have the day for vomit, and then you have the day where your skin falls off. And then, the, then at the end of it, you can see butterflies. Oh, incredible. Beautiful. <laughs> Majestic. <laughs> it wasn't until 1995 that leaded gas was banned altogether. The road was long. Beginning in December 1973, the EPA issued regulations for a gradual reduction in the lead content of the total gasoline pool, which included all grades of gasoline. The restrictions were scheduled to be implemented starting on January 1, 1975, and to extend over a five-year period. In 1992, California became the first state to make leaded gas illegal, 70 years after it first hit production. It's estimated that 7 million tons of lead have been released in the atmosphere from gasoline in the United States alone. That's not too bad. Only 7 million tons. <laughs> <laughs> Leaded gasoline was a disaster for our collective health, environment, and may have even upped our murder rates. Yet, like so many moments in automotive history, it's a bit more complicated than that. The increase in engine power is due to leaded fuel, which led to better vehicles used in World War II and on the road. Even if the gas and oil companies were just out to make more bang for their buck at the expense of our environment and the health of the American citizens, the dark history of leaded fuel has gotten us to where we are today. I'm just glad they didn't outlaw Led Zeppelin. Because <laughs> they rock. They do. They do rock. They rock too hard. <laughs> it's time to get the lead out. Okay, we got some fan mail. Unleaded Zeppelin. Unleaded Zeppelin. That's a, that's a that's cover our band. band right there. There's got to be an unleaded Zeppelin. There honestly must be. There has to be. But they like don't have long hair. They got like shaved heads. And yeah. they're always like, God dang it, Led Zepp again keeps getting all the cool Zeppelin cover gigs. We'll never be able to beat them. Our cover of uh, Ramble On is just not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's walk politely on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to walk politely. <laughs> right. There's that musical theater background. Yeah, we've got some fan mail today. Title: Store that smells like booty cheeks. <laughs> what? Hey guys, I've been listening for a while, and I think the show, along with the podcast, is pretty sweet. Want to say thanks? Well, thank you, uh, Massimo. On my way home from work parentheses i work at kennedy space center i'm a contracted engineer for nasa okay buddy <laughs> uh, i noticed this store it's located in coco florida and it's an attached picture of a, a a a looks like a convenience store or something it's called past gas it looks like our logo old gas pumps it, it really does uh old gas pumps and pieces from the past so it's not a convenience store it's an antique store that is hilarious not sure if Jeremiah came up with this because I know he's from the area, but the font looks pretty similar. I haven't been in, but I imagine it smells like bad farts. <laughs> well, anyways, you guys should give me a job. <laughs> we should try to make something work. I've also worked for BRP as a test driver. That's pretty sick. Whoa, Can-Am, Sea-Doo, Manitou, Mercury? Et Those cetera. are the weirdest companies. Yeah, dude, come sick. drop an application off. Uh, thank you guys again from Massimo. Thank you very much, Massimo, for your email. That is an incredible picture. We'll, uh, we could do something with it. Uh, thank you again for your email. If you want to get in touch with us, hit us up at pastgas at donamedia.com. 
Thank you very much, Christina, for filling yeah. in. Yeah. Thanks for having if me. You want to follow Christina? Do you want to plug your what do you want your, your social media? What do you want to do? So it's at Christina Felski, Christina with a K. Felski. Follow Joe at Joe G. Weber. Follow me at Nolan J. Sykes. Big thank you to our producer this week and every week. Our our audio tech producer, Gavin Kinsel. Um, and to our writer, Ellie, Ellie Race, Race More. More. Ellie Race More. My writing partner. Ellie needs to race less. <laughs> she's going to love I, it. I know she's got a lot of speeding tickets, so slow down, girl. Okay. Uh, Stop going bye. 121 in 1908. See you later. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.